Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hey there, welcome back to Jewelry Navigator Podcast. Today is kind of a unique episode. It's solo, it's just me talking to you about some jewelry tips that you might find helpful. I have some exciting news to share with you for upcoming episodes and also, like I said, some tips that will help you along the way. But before I go on, I want to thank all of you who have been downloading and listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. And as of today, it's almost to 7,000 downloads, which is awesome. It's so exciting. And I've gotten such great feedback from many of you just kind of, um, you know, tapping me in Instagram and giving me little um, notes of encouragement and even chiming in in some topics and subjects that you feel would be helpful along with some really nice reviews and one is by Veronica Stout. She says, I'm so glad I found this podcast for a jewelry and accessories lover. I love to learn about jewelry artists and creators trends, tips, and tricks. And this is a wonderful way to learn and be in continually inspired. Thank you so much, Veronica. I really appreciate that. In fact, Veronica is founder and creative force behind Vintage Meet Modern and is a jewelry stylist who specializes in helping women look their best by merging modern and vintage jewelry. She and I spoke about a week ago and we'll be collaborating together for a special feature together. So keep your ears and eyes open for that. I'll let you know when that comes around. A couple other um, really supportive followers, Christine and Rosa, two who have reached out to me through Instagram and had suggestions on addressing clarifications uh, gemologically with some gem trading lab tips and um, explanations, as well as gemstone treatments, which kind of seems to be a buzzword in the trade and very important to know as a consumer and as a shopper. With lab-created diamonds now kind of hitting the market, there are some things that you need to know so that you understand the value of a gemstone that has been treated. Some don't necessarily uh, come into play as much as others and I'll be touching on those topics in the coming weeks so thanks for those suggestions Christine and Rose I really appreciate it so I had a wonderful summer I hope you did and if you've been following along with my Instagram I've had the pleasure of visiting jewelry 
and designers and have lots of exciting and unique jewelry and stories to share. Some of my travels involve international destinations like Russia, Ireland, and Lebanon, and domestically New York City, Montana, and LA. So keep listening and I'll share what's so special about these places uh, in a few minutes. And here in the Northern Hemisphere, our days are getting shorter and the weather is starting to cool down. And growing up in my family, we've always been big football fans. And if you saw my Instagram post about Team Spirit and how I'm connected to Penn State football, you'll understand why I get so excited about football season. My father grew up in Pittsburgh, and he had always wanted to go to Penn State. That was his dream school. Well, he couldn't afford to go right away. So instead, he began his career as a Navy pilot. He became commissioned as an officer and began flying as as a pilot. When he was ready to go back to school, he did go to Penn State and he did graduate. So when I was a little girl, I remember him singing the Penn State fight song. And the only lines I remembered was roar, lions, roar. He even painted a tricycle navy blue and put a Nittany Lion decal on it. Those are the kind of memories that are so strong. But what's really special, what really ties this all together, and why I'm such a Penn State fan is that our oldest daughter is finishing her senior year at Penn State this year. And sadly, my dad passed away before he had a chance to see her graduate from high school and get accepted to Penn State. So that's such a treasure to me to be able to see her go to his dream school and have some of the wonderful experiences that he had. So anyway, uh, my husband and I, we have season football tickets for the home Penn State football games. So we go to Beaver Stadium and see the football games. And On the way there, I was wearing, this past weekend was the first opening season game, I wore my bracelet and on it has a charm that kind of ties things back to current times and it's a little heart charm with a paw in it designed by Mary Vanderay as part of her Poppy Love collection. I love it because it brings in, it ties in that Penn State connection, but it also has a purpose and a meaning because all of the proceeds from her puppy love collection are going towards Best Friends Animal Society. So it's a charity that helps with animals all across the country. And I just, I just love it. It means so much and it ties so much together. And once again, it comes kind of full circle to why I feel jewelry is so important. And it does share stories from, from the past to the present and to the future. Speaking of college football, I will be showcasing some jewelry that's, I feel, I'm really excited to share this because I realized that a lot of the designers that I follow and feature, their jewelry is perfect for school spirit wear, like um, Crash Jewelry creates 
jewelry from luxury cars and they're from minor accidents, fender benders, dents that happen in parking lots, things like that. But she, um, Christy Shimke, is founder and um, the creative force behind Crash Jewelry. And the cuff that I'm talking about is her Cause for Paws, which she donates portions of sales to the animal charity of your choice. And the one that I showed was a cuff from a white Porsche Carrera with paws, paw prints, um, engraved through the paint so they show up. And I, I love being able to wear jewelry that has a purpose and has a meaning. But at the same time, it's fun to wear because the one that I wore is white and it shows off a Penn State color with the paws. I mean, what couldn't get any better than that? And then I also um, had Emily Coven, her uh, signature Stella Star jewelry, it explodes with personality. It's a fun statement piece. Um, she has several different sizes, and I had her customize her mini Stella necklace for me out of sterling silver set with teeny blue sapphires. Once again, they're Penn State colors, and I can wear that and be really excited and show my, my school spirit with that. Um, so thank you so much, Emily, for making that for me, and Crash Jewelry for being so creative and generous with, with the cause of your jewelry. Along with the team spirit theme, let's talk a little bit about class rings. Unfortunately, they usually end up in the jewelry box. The sentiment is really nice. And if you have really fond memories from either college or high school, it's great to have a memento like that to wear. But let's face it, a lot of us end up putting it in our jewelry box after, you know, a couple of years or maybe even never wear it. So I thought it would be fun to talk about some alternative jewelry to class rings. Keep it to rings because they seem to be I don't know, more important pieces of jewelry. We can see it and it's a more significant piece to wear that, you know, reminds us forever of something really important. And so in order for jewelry to stick around long enough to be, you know, a memorial piece, even from generation to generation, it needs to be well made. And the quality of the materials put into the making of an item of jewelry its design and the workmanship contribute to how well a piece will hold up for over time and with consistent wear. Cost to quality comparison is another topic I'm going to be touching on through the next uh, coming months. It's something that I feel is really important. I really pride myself in gravitating towards designers who do make jewelry that is very well made. And it's something I feel needs to be touched on. And so that you all as consumers understand what you're getting for when you're paying for it. You know, the old adage, you get what you pay for, understanding what you're getting when you pay less for something. You need to understand whether or not it's going to contribute to something that's going to be well made enough to last for a long time. So keep watching as I share more about the jewelry items that I'll be featuring and in the stories about the designers behind them. Um, back to class rings kind of touches base with that. Knowing that a ring is well made 
I had a really great opportunity to visit with some great designers at the JA New York show and seeing that many of them are opting for a more luxury feel. And by that, I mean putting the gold or the metal into it, making a ring that's solid all the way to the backside versus something that is hollowed out on the backside that's the best way I can describe it is hollowed out it's thinner it's going to dent easier if you hit it the right way it's just not going to last so these are considerations to to think about when you're shopping for a piece of jewelry that's going to be important and that you might want to wear for a long time another thing to consider is whether or not it has a stone and if it does have a stone what do you what do you choose a couple things to consider when thinking about a colored gemstone for a ring that you're going to be wearing a lot like an alternative class ring is the color of the gemstone and its hardness. Let's do a little review of the Mohs hardness scale. Most of you are probably familiar with that because it is an important concept and characteristic of gemstones. The hardness of a gemstone is how easily it's scratched or braided. And of course, we don't want it to be easily scratched or braided. So the scale is a description of how easily gems or minerals are scratched on a scale of one to 10. One is talc the mineral talc and 10 is diamond and in between those are eight other minerals that can be scratched by each um, progressive gemstone so the Mohs hardness scale starts out at one at talc then there's gypsum calcite fluorite and apatite those are all too soft for ring wear and when you get to six it definitely is um, a much better selection of stones for ring wear and that's feldspar quartz topaz corundum and diamond the ones that you may not be familiar with feldspar which includes moonstone sunstone amazonite and labradorite quartz includes amethyst citrine uh, rose quartz tiger's eye um, probably some other ones but amethyst and citrine and ametrine is another one where it's a combination of both um, citrine and purple amethyst those are seven on the hardness scale. Topaz, you're familiar with that. Corundum is actually ruby and sapphire. It's both the same mineral and different trace elements are responsible for the colors. And actually, ruby is a color designation, actually. When a ruby is, um, ruby is designated as ruby when it's red enough. And if it's not, then it's considered pink sapphire. And that's a really good choice because rubies and sapphires um, being corundum are nine on the hardness scale. So that's a great selection and sapphires come in every color. So that's a really good choice. I picked up a beautiful ring from Petite Baleen Jewelry for my daughter who is using that for her class ring, quote unquote class ring. It's a beautiful little periwinkle blue wink ring and the spinel is a pale kind of periwinkle blue 
stone set east-west with a teeny diamond on the side. So I love it, and she does too. And then if you don't want to use a gemstone for a special ring, you can always opt for a signet style. And there's all kinds of designs and styles that come with, um, you know, engraving or um, some kind of special message. Somebody who's really good at doing that is Drew Jewelry, D-R-U. She has some beautiful designs and there's one that's a conservatory ring and it, it moves and I'm, I love anything that moves on a ring. Um, I, the, the whole fidget idea, really, I just, I just love that. Um, Feral is another one. She did a really cool ring called uh, Beast and it has like a lion face partially engraved on the top of it. So really creative styles that um, lend themselves to a really different and unique style of ring in place of a class ring. So those are some of the options for class rings. I'm going to move on to a few other ABCs um, that I want to mention about gemstones, um, some misnomers and misconceptions that some people have about jewelry and gemstones. One of which is, I hear people say, well, don't you want the diamond like in a diamond engagement ring, don't you want the diamond set up because you want light to get underneath it so that it sparkles? Lucky for us, the diamond does the work. Light goes inside the diamond, bounces around and comes back up through the surface. So a diamond never needs to be set up. We just do that because to make it stand out more. But even diamonds that are bezel set or flush set with the metal, they will still sparkle. And it really all comes down to a function of how well a gemstone is faceted. So this also plays into the fact that other colored gemstones don't necessarily, they don't need to be standing up. The color does sometimes interfere with the return of light, but if it's pale enough, it's it's not going to. And a good example of this is Elizabeth Moore's collection of Circle of Fifth, where and you can go um, on her Instagram feed. She has a brand new collection she's getting ready to launch where um, she's using Montana sapphires that have been what she's calling diamond cut and what that means is that they're faceted to the precision the same precision that diamonds are faceted so like i just said the more precisely a gemstone is faceted the better it's going to look it's going to return more light and um, there's a whole science into it but that's really all you need to know so um it's kind of a misconception that gemstones need to be set up high. Like I said, we just do that on our own because it makes the gemstone stand out. Um, it's also a good design for people who have really active lifestyles. Uh, a lot of nurses and doctors, people who are constantly putting gloves on, those low setting stones, that's a really good style to choose for someone with that kind of a lifestyle. Another misnomer that kind of comes into play, especially with the fall and the warmer tones of gemstones like oranges and rich browns and yellows is smoky topaz. There is no such thing as smoky topaz. And you're probably going to say, what? Yeah, no, no, no. I've seen it all the time. It's in the jewelry stores. It's, you know, the brown stone. 
That's smoky quartz. Smoky topaz, there's no such thing. And unfortunately, somewhere along the line, that became a, um, it became an, a misnomer that a lot of people unfortunately don't understand. But topaz is, it comes in a wide variety of colors and uh, it will come in a brown, but usually it's more of like an orangey rich, like a cognac brown and that we call imperial topaz, but all different colors, including blue, green, yellow, orange, red, pink and purple and most of it the biggest quantity is colorless and that's the material that is um, heated or um, treated to give it the blue color so the blue topaz that's so prevalent in jewelry it is topaz but most of it is treated for its blue color and let's see what other misnomers I think those are the big ones that I wanted to touch on today like I said I'm going to be talking more about gemstone treatments in the coming weeks and give some clarity clarification for that especially with the upcoming months and um, shopping for holiday get armed on your um, your gemstone education so that you know what you're looking at and you know what what um, what's what Let's talk a little bit about the ABCs of the care and wear of jewelry, especially with the upcoming fall months and cooler weather is coming. We're going to be putting sweaters on. When that happens, rings that have stones that are prong set, they might start to get picked on, meaning um, it'll catch on the sweaters. So when you start to notice that, that might be a sign that you need to have your prongs checked and that happens sometimes when the prongs get thin and they get pulled back really easily depending on how many prongs say your your gemstone whether it's a colored gemstone or a diamond engagement ring if it has six prongs you're probably okay unless it's worn down um too many of the prongs but four prongs you're kind of um, running on a dangerous edge there you need to go and have your rings checked and after summer is a really good time after if you don't take your jewelry off when you go into the ocean or the swimming pool you need to but all of that um, sunscreen and sand and everything you need to go have your rings checked and have them well cleaned Ring sizing is another thing that comes up around this time of year. In the summertime, because of the heat, our skin swells, so our rings will get tighter. And then in the fall, when the weather starts to cool down and there's not as much humidity, our skin shrinks, so the rings are looser. There's no reason to run back and forth to your jeweler and get your rings sized up and down seasonally. Just get them on a comfortable size, and if you can get them on and off comfortably, sometimes you might need to use soap and water, that's okay. Get a size that fits and works and you'll be good to go. Did you know that gold tarnishes? I don't think I knew this until a few years ago, but it does. It gets a real brassy look. And a lot of times we don't realize that because, you know, gold is gold. It's supposed to kind of look that way, but it looks much nicer when it's clean. So um, that's a little tip for you. Clean, clean your gold and um, take your diamond stud earrings out. If you have diamond stud earrings and you wear them on a regular basis, make sure you're taking them out at least once a week to clean them. Um, I have a friend who <laughs> told me this story. She had a customer come into her store and she said, something's wrong with my diamonds. They don't look the same. And 
she took them off and she gave them to my jeweler friend and she proceeded to get a straight pin out and poke out all of the ear gunk that was in it. I am so sorry to tell you that, but I think we all need to know you need to take your earrings out and clean them. It's going to make the diamonds or gemstones stand out and sparkle so much more. Diamonds don't sparkle when they're dirty, girl. So clean your diamonds yourself. You can do it. And I'm going to post a video sometime soon to show you how you can clean your jewelry at home and get it to look really nice. Oh, if you're going to have your ring sized in the jewelry store and they're too tight, please don't spit on your fingers. Don't wet your finger. Nobody wants your spit on the ring. I am so sorry, but please don't. I've seen it happen and it's really, really disturbing. <laughs> Pearls can be cleaned, but don't submerge them in water. Uh, clean it with a soft cloth. And this is also a good time of year to clean out your jewelry box. Look for missing earrings. If there are uh, orphaned earrings, I like to call them, put them aside. Maybe you can find another one to wear them as mismatch earrings if they're close enough. Or you can even convert those earrings into pendants or charms for a charm bracelet. Think about um, gift ideas for Christmas, for holiday. Those make really simple and a lot of times really affordable, you know, cost-effective gifts to give to your family and friends. This is a really good time for appraisal updates. Gold prices are up and that needs to be adjusted. So go to your jeweler, find out when the appraiser is going to be there. If you have an independent appraiser that you use, it's highly recommended. This is a really good time to do that. So I think I have um, given you some food for thought, some ABCs for back to school, and this episode is running a little bit longer than I wanted to, but I did promise I was going to tell you about the future international guests and travel that I have planned. It's not so much travel itself, although some of this might entail a little bit of travel. And when I can, of course, I do travel to these places and go visit the jewelers and designers, one of whom I did this past summer, and you probably saw some of the posts, and that's Anastasia Symes. She's originally from Russia, so lovely and so warm and welcoming. I can't wait to share more of her story. I'll be publishing her podcast in the coming weeks. And the next designer in Dublin is Tracy Trainer. Her jewelry is so beautiful it almost moves to the eye it's very sculptural and I'm really looking forward to sharing her story and then the third designer whose story I will be broadcasting next week is Nayla Shami. I met Nayla a couple of years ago at my first Metal and Smith show and um, she's originally from Lebanon and lives in Lubbock, Texas, and really looking forward to sharing her story as well. So those are my internationally influenced guests, and I'm really looking forward to sharing their stories. And as far as domestic travel, I'll continue to cover my friends and designers and those who I've yet to meet from the New York City area, as well as some in LA, like Crash Jewelry. I'm going to be doing a charity benefit for Crash Jewelry that she's doing with an organization called 
Wine, Women, and Shoes. And that's towards the end of October in Richmond. So I'll tell you more about that and post some more. It's a great organization and um, I'm really looking forward to representing Crash Jewelry at that. I want to take a quick minute and recap what we talked about today. And there's kind of a recurring theme I find, whether it's a post on Instagram or the jewelers that I interview and stories I tell on the podcast. And that is, even though jewelry is small, it carries big meaning and it represents connections from our past into our present and future. We talked about showing our school spirit with jewelry and I shared how I wear color and theme relevant jewelry to the Penn State football games with pieces by Crash Jewelry, Emily Coven Jewelry, and Mary Vanderay. And these are people that I have grown relationships with and I've seen at a few of the shows and I really come to love and their style just it fits really well. And we talked about staying with school spirit theme. And for those who want an alternative to a traditional class ring, we talked about the importance of choosing gemstones with high hardness to withstand long-term wear. And we also talked about how quality speaks to the importance of the longevity of a piece. I shared tips on jewelry wear and upkeep, like cleaning, care, and ring sizing. You know, jewelry doesn't last forever, but by choosing well-made pieces and making wise choices for stones, the settings, and metals, jewelry can sustain wear for multiple generations. I'm so grateful for all the artists, designers, and jewelers who graciously visit with me virtually and in person. You all inspire me so much, and it brings me so much joy to share what you create with those of us who appreciate jewelry that stands out, and it celebrates what makes us unique. And I just wanted to share a quote that I posted on Instagram this past week by, it was originally posted on Boss Babe Incorporated, and it says, behind every successful woman stands a whiteboard a big vision, and unapologetic ambition. And that goes for the guys too, but it seems I'm working more with women jewelers and designers, which I love. And I think we just all kind of gravitate towards each other because we understand what we like and it appeals to us and it just naturally, you know, we gravitate towards it. So until next time, like I said, next week, my guest is Nayla Shammy. And uh, until next time, you know what to do. Cross check your sparkle. Talk to you soon. Bye bye.